I'm Andrea Hope, and this is To Mother. Episode 11, The Declaration of the Bob. Hi friends, this is Andrea Hope. I'm a mom and a poet and a Baha'i, and this is my podcast where I share my tips for parenting with purpose in the modern world, and I usually read from the Baha'i writings, and I share some resources and great information that I found about parenting and uh, also being a spiritual being. Now, I have to say that today it's going to be different. I wasn't able to record an episode to upload, like a full episode, uh, for the Declaration of the Bob, but the Declaration of the Bob is a very special holy day to me. I love this one because we have such a detailed account of it in the Dawnbreakers and Nabil's narrative. So I thought that I would read from the explanation of the Declaration of the Bob. Perhaps you and your family can gather around with uh, some candles and some tea and uh, be good hosts to each other as the Bob was to Mullah Hussein and listen to part of the story. So here we go. That night, that memorable night was the eve preceding the fifth day of Jamadi Yul Aval in the year 1260 AH. It was about an hour after sunset when my youthful host began to converse with me. Whom, after Sayyid Kazim, he asked me, do you regard as his successor and your leader? At the hour of his death, I replied. Our departed teacher insistently exhorted us to forsake our homes, to scatter far and wide, in quest of the promised beloved. I have, accordingly, journeyed to Persia, have arisen to accomplish his will, and am still engaged in my quest. Has your teacher, he further inquired, given you any detailed indications as to the distinguishing features of the promised one? Yes. I replied, he is of pure lineage, is of illustrious descent, and of the seed of Fatime. As to his age, he is more than twenty and less than thirty. He is endowed with innate knowledge. He is of medium height, abstains from smoking, and is free of bodily deficiency. He paused for a while, and then with vibrant voice declared, Behold! All these signs are manifest in me. He then considered each of the above-mentioned signs separately and conclusively demonstrated that each and all were applicable to his person. I was greatly surprised and politely observed. He whose advent we await is a man of unsurpassed holiness, and the cause he is to reveal, a cause of tremendous power, Many and diverse are the requirements which he who claims to be its visible embodiment must needs fulfill. How often has Sayyid Kazim referred to the vastness of the knowledge of the promised one? How often did he say, my own knowledge is but a drop compared with that which with he has been endowed? All my attainments are but a speck of dust in the face of the immensity of his knowledge. Nay, immeasurable is the difference. No sooner had those words dropped from my lips that I found myself seized with fear and remorse, such as I could neither conceal nor explain. I bitterly reproved myself and resolved at that very moment to alter my attitude and to soften my tone. I vowed to God that should my host again refer to the subject, I would, with the utmost humility, answer and say, If you be willing to substantiate your claim, 
You will most assuredly deliver me from the anxiety and suspense which so heavily oppress my soul. I shall truly be indebted to you for such deliverance. When I started upon my request, I determined to regard the two following standards as those whereby I could ascertain the truth of whosoever might claim to be the promised Cain. The first was a treatise which I had myself composed, bearing upon the abstruse and hidden teachings propounded by Shak Ahmad and Syed Kazim. Whoever seemed to me capable of unraveling the mysterious allusions made in that treatise, to him I would next submit my second request. I would ask him to reveal, without the least hesitation or reflection, a commentary on the Suri of Joseph, in a style and language entirely different from the prevailing standards of the time. I had previously requested Syed Kazim in private to write a commentary on the Suri, which he refused, saying, This verily is beyond me. He, that great one, who comes after me will, unasked, reveal it to you. That commentary will constitute one of the weightiest testimonies of his truth and one of the clearest evidences of the loftiness of his position. I was revolving these things in my mind when my distinguished host again remarked, Observe attentively. Might not the person intended by Syed Kazim be none other than I? I thereupon felt impelled to present him a copy of the treatise which I had with me. Will you, I asked him, read this book of mine and look at its pages with indulgent eyes? I pray you to overlook my weaknesses and failings. He graciously complied with my wish. He opened the book, glanced at certain passages, closed it, and began to address me. Within a few minutes he had, with characteristic vigor and charm, unraveled all of its mysteries and resolved all of its problems. Having to my entire satisfaction accomplished within so short a time the task I had expected him to perform, he further expounded to me certain truths which could be found neither in the reported sayings of the imams of the faith nor in the writings of Shak Ahmad and Syed Kazim. These truths, which I had never heard before, seemed to be endowed with refreshing vividness and power. Had you not been my guest, he afterwards observed, your position would indeed have been a grievous one. The all-encompassing grace of God has saved you. It is for God to test his servants and not for his servants to judge him in accordance with their deficient standards. Were I to fail to resolve your perplexities, could the reality that shines within me be regarded as powerless or my knowledge be accused as faulty? Nay, by the righteousness of God it behooves in this day the peoples and nations of both the East and the West to hasten to this threshold and here seek to obtain the reviving grace of the merciful. Whoso hesitates will indeed be in grievous loss. Do not the peoples of the earth testify that the fundamental purpose of their creation is the knowledge and adoration of God? It behooves them to arise as earnestly and spontaneously as you have arisen, and to seek with determination and constancy their promised beloved. He then proceeded to say, Now is the time to reveal the commentary on the story of Joseph. He took up his pen and with incredible rapidity revealed the entire story of Mok, the first chapter of his commentary on the story of Joseph. The overpowering effect of the manner in which he wrote was heightened by the gentle intonation of his voice which accompanied his writing. Not for one moment did he interrupt the flow of the verses which streamed from his pen. Not once did he pause till the story of Mok was finished. 
I sat enraptured by the magic of his voice and sweeping force of his revelation. At last, I reluctantly arose from my seat and begged leave to depart. He smilingly bade me be seated and said, If you leave in such a state, whoever sees you will assuredly say, This poor youth has lost his mind. At that moment, the clock registered two hours and eleven minutes after sunset. That night, the eve of the 5th of Jamodul Aval, in the year of 1260 AH, corresponded with the eve preceding the 65th day after Naruz, which was also the eve of the 6th day of Kordad, of the year Nahang. This night, he declared, this very hour will, in the days to come, be celebrated as one of the greatest and most significant of all festivals. Render thanks to God for having graciously assisted you to attain your heart's desire and for having quaffed from the sealed wine of his utterance. Well is it with them that attain thereunto. To Mother is an individual initiative and provides only the personal reflections and insights of its creator, that's me. For more information about the Baha'i faith, including access to the official writings and contacts for Baha'is in your community, please visit baha'i.org.